Hello, welcome to the final uh, pre-season from the rookery end, or maybe the, we might do another one, uh, but we recorded this uh, in the beginning of July, the 4th of July, uh, going out the 29th, so some of this might be out of date, but we'll uh, we might edit a few bits and you never know. So, any other business? We've had our three podcasts so far, talking about VAR and the and the rules and how we're feeling about them, what we see going ahead this season. We had our interview with the Watford legend... Uh, that is Anne Swanson, the lady in charge of the Junior Hornets in the 1980s. And last week, you would have heard uh, debate and uh, competition to pick the best Watford eleven that played in the top division. The answers and the winner of that we'll discuss on the first podcast of the season uh, when Watford play at home to Brighton for the second year in a row we kick off our season but look at those fixtures when they came out we know we've got to play every team home and away and we'll play every one of them twice the order though can mean quite a lot and can get fixed fixated on maybe a bit too much so we're going to do a bit of fixating at the moment so mike when you first saw that what was your reaction was it oh no was it uh, fair fair i think it was very much fair fair yeah i think it's as you say it's you look for clumps of games, don't you? Look, you look for little difficult patches. Um, so I think we've had a couple of those in the last last couple of years. And I think, actually, considering we're going to come up against some very, very good teams, it's a fairly level season. I don't think the start of the season gives us an opportunity to get some points on the board nice and early. And if, for whatever reason, if we're in trouble at the end of the season or if we're we're hopefully looking at the right end of the table like we were this year, then there's an opportunity to, for us to, to finish the season strongly as well. So they're the, they're the ones I look at most. I think I still maintain that the start of the season in the Premier League is of paramount importance. You have to, have to, have to get those points on the board. Otherwise, it gets very, very difficult very quickly. Roll out the old cliches. You know, I'm not afraid of a cliche, but there is no easy game. I think you know. You're looking at Sheffield United coming up. Could go, could go one or two ways. A couple against Newcastle looking pretty easy <laughs> at the moment. I think. Yeah, and and you you are right. I think we we should be confident going into this season. I think you know people have asked about the FA Cup hangover, and he didn't get into Europe. He had a bad ending to the season, but you know the squad as it is. We'll 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 talk about the transfers. The squad is strong, so we should go into it positively. But it is easy to trip up in the Premier League. If if you're down on your luck, you're down on form, whatever, it's it's tough to pick up points. So the start to the season for me is very very important. is is the most important I think, and I think we've got a reasonable reasonable kick off. Brighton will be you know the first game is like the last game. It can kick up some weird results. You often see uh, some peculiar ones, but I think if Watford turn up, um, you know we've got players who. Uh, have previously been at their happiest when they're at their fittest and freshest in the in the August sunshine. So he'd like to think that that Brighton at home is probably as as good a start as we're, as we're going to get. Um, and yeah, no no really horrendous horrendous patches. The one the one thing that I was a bit disappointed at is we've got Sheffield United on Boxing Day away. Is that right? Yeah. And that was the one away game that I was really hoping to to get to. And uh, and I think that's going to be a struggle. But uh, obviously Amazon have stepped yeah. into the breach and. Uh, we may we may be able to watch that uh, over a Brussels sprout sandwich. Amazon saving football uh, this season. <laughs> um, yeah, the first yeah starts with Brighton, Everton, West Ham, and Newcastle. You say a, a nice opening, not particularly not as positive about the end end. If it comes desperate, Michael, the last two games are Man City and Arsenal. So I'm not quite sure that's the perfect perfect end, but it's not a long run of five games. It's those last two, and if things go as well as they have done recently, we would have been all sorted by then. As long as uh, EE aren't making a six G film about our match with Manchester. <laughs> City, I'll be, uh, I'll be happy. So, something which I found a bit odd as well. So, in our 
our first six, we've got West Ham, Newcastle, Arsenal, Man City, and they are our last four games as well. So we've got a massive gap of playing everyone else in between. Just seems a bit weird to me. DCW, do you think those teams coming up are going to do anything like Wolves did last year? I don't think any of those teams will finish will finish seventh. Like that Wolves managed to last season. However, I, I think they've got a chance of punching their weight and, and giving a, a decent account of themselves. I don't think they'll be as bad as, as a Huddersfield have been over the last few seasons, for, for example. Uh, but you just, just want to go to Brighton, actually. Now, it's a repeat of last season in name only. It's a, it's a completely different Brighton team that we're, that we're facing on the first day of the season. They've got a new manager. They've got a manager who has been picked, it seems, for his philosophy of playing attractive football, uh, passing football, which is not really something Brighton under Chris Hewton were, were known for. Chris Hewton was... You know, did a, did a fantastic job if you look at it in totality at Brighton, other places he's been. But there is the feeling that he has limitations and it's, he's a bit bit conservative by nature. And I don't think that's the case with Graham Potter. I've, I've, I've actually been speaking to some people at Brighton this week, um, and it seems like the mood in the camp's pretty good. Uh, some of those players that have been marginalised and some of those big money buys they've bought over the last few seasons, who have been deemed as flops up to this point. You never know, they might come good. They might, under a new coach, under a new environment, maybe they'll flourish. So I think it, it, it on paper, I could see why we're all sort of rubbing our hands together and we're thinking back to last season of that lovely Pereira double with a volley. Uh, it might not be all plain sailing for us on, on, the, on the first game of the season, which is why we've got, to, we've got to make doubly sure that we do hit the ground running. Because, it, again, it's the first game since that cup final. It's, it's statement time. If you if you end up losing that first game and all of a sudden it's just oh, everything is you know it's uphill from there isn't it we'll see but there are some more games before that there is some pre-season games uh, you know as Mike said off to Austria uh, to, to play against uh, almost Champions League finalists yeah Ajax and there's Bayer Leverkusen the, the other one isn't it and uh, I think that speaks of Watford's level of preparation um, and as DCW says, it's, you always worry about a new a new manager coming in because they're gonna they've got the new ideas. And but I'd much rather have that that consistency, that that solid um, line running through it, which is Javi Gracia, which looks like it's going to be a very similar squad to to what we ended last year in. So I think Watford really should have every every confidence starting the season and with that sort of pre season preparation stepping up another level, another gear against sort of European heavyweights, um, albeit not in the rarefied atmosphere of, a, of their of their home stadium. There won't be many fans there. It's for all intents and purposes, it's a, a behind closed doors. But that, I think, tells you at the level of preparation that, that we're looking at. We're looking to to get these players that we've got. We've taken them up a step, I think. We've, you know, Etienne Capu won player of the season. It's taken him three years to get there, to get to that consistency. Um, if Pereira's still there, he, he's got a job to do to deliver that that consistency, Delefeu again. But I think what that's what that tells me, and I might be reading too much into it, but what they're looking to do is level up with these guys, take them up an, another notch. And I don't think we can completely wash away at the end of last season because it was it was pretty pretty poor. It was pretty disappointing. The minute after Troy Deeney got sent off against Arsenal, that was it. Really, looking back on it, season season over. The the league performance is absolutely nosedive for whatever reason. And you could point the finger at the cup final. Too many people had their had their eyes on the cup final. And then we turn up and it's a record defeat in an FA Cup final. And there's obviously there's reasons for that. We could have lost the game 3-0, whatever. But 
the record books will tell you. Poor last month in the league, pretty embarrassing um, results um, in the cup final. We've got a job of work to do to, to bounce back. Eyes will be on Watford because they did get a little bit of credit and people were, were talking very fondly of about Javi and, 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 what, and the Watford players. But I think... They let themselves down a little bit, to, not not in the cup final as much because you know Manchester City will beat well they beat everyone last year, but you know the, we had winnable games. I remember sitting in the car after Huddersfield and and Kieran was very bullish about how we we had it in our hands to to qualify for Europe and we all we had to do was play well against Southampton, we didn't do it. Play well against Wolves, we didn't do it. Play well against West Ham, and we absolutely didn't do it. You know our last home game, the last game of the season, we got absolutely thumped. In, uh, in an appalling performance so I think we do well not to forget that why not forget it let it go they, forget they, about those games I don't think they will forget it no. I think that they will be they'll be cross about it they'll want you know that it costs money not finishing high up the Premier League I think there's professional pride these guys who are agitating for not agitating that's not fair but these guys uh, like for example Decore and uh, Delefeu who might be looking for moves away much more difficult to get a move off the back of your team finishing in the lower half of the table and getting thumped in the cup final than it is in qualifying for the Europa League. So they, I think, will learn. I think Kapu is the poster boy for for for, for, the, for those players. And I think what I want to see is those guys following in his footsteps, looking to deliver that season-long consistency. Um, and it starts on that opening day, doesn't it? He, he, set the, he set the level on that opening day last year early on in the season and he and he maintained it if the guys that we've got there can do that then it's going to be a good season and what we have to do and we talk about Wolves what their their struggle is going to be replicating their form they performed incredibly well against the top six and not so well against the others they've got to flip that and maintain their form against the top six they're not going to they're not going to do it we need to find that form against the top six we haven't done it at all really um, since we've been back we've had the we've had a win a year really against the top six we need to do better than that we've we've competed in most games um, but I think we need to be better performances not just those sort of plucky losers which to, we're desperate to get rid of that tag um, getting thumped at Anfield getting thumped in cup finals we need to we need to stop that it all comes from a good start to the season I think it's it, that's the foundation good start to the season a podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end that start may be dependent on uh, who's uh, chosen in the start of and Jason we are again early in July we've only had we've only made one what you call first team signing so far in in Craig Dawson from from West Bromwich that, that was one of our areas to 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 fix we had to fix the centre defence. We had to fix up front, really, where our big problems were in terms of our, our squad and our deficiencies. Is he a good step? Is he a big enough step? He's a step in the right direction. That's not to say another centre-back wouldn't go amiss. I think um, he brings with him experience. He's solid. He's almost like a, another Craig Cathcart, really. He's, obviously, the bonus is he's, he's in the homegrown quota as well. Um... And what I did, and I'm sure many other people do, is a bit of hashtag stalking when we signed him, just to get the gauge, the feeling amongst the West Brom fans. Um, there was a, a level of, yep, yeah, he did all right for us, but he it was time for him to go. He didn't quite deliver as much as he could have done last season. But that seemed to be caveated with, oh my God, we've only got five and a half million for him. He's worth a lot more than that. So 
that to me suggests some of it might have been a little bit of bitterness because he's he's coming to a better club, um, <laughs> and and yeah, and but the the almost sort of the truth comes out in the way they've maybe valued him. I don't know. So I think you'd expect him with his experience to be a step up from a, a, a Cabaselli who will be the best centre-back <laughs> ever to play for Watford if you listen to last week's episode. Um, and you have to say with, with Mariapa, it's another season on for him, another year onto his onto his age. He's getting on a bit, bless him. And whilst he's been a great servant, we can't keep relying on him. So we did need someone at the peak of their footballing powers as someone of Craig Dawson's age should be. What is he, 29, 30, something like that? 29. So yeah, so he should be at the peak of his game now. So we, we've got him in his prime. Relationship with Ben Foster as well, of course, which I think is, you know, for a centre-back and a goalkeeper... Ben's going to have a rubbish time Craig Kick it out Which one You Oh the ball's going in the back of the net As long as a Craig Gets rid of it Then we'll, we'll be absolutely fine But I think the well, Yeah I hadn't thought of that Cause That's got to be a t-shirt To two Craigs Cool as I don't know But uh, having Has any, any Premier League team Ever had two Craigs At centre back in this cosmopolitan age, I, d- I doubt, I doubt it, it, it. Yeah, but I'm, the thing I love about Craig Cathcart, and I, and I haven't seen enough of Craig Dawson to um, to comment. He just does the simple things well, and I think as a centre back, if you do the simple things well, um, you're gonna you're gonna do okay. And take your time, clear your lines. If it needs to be put out, put it out. Tackle positioning. It's it's really not rocket science at that 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 part of the pitch, and I think the other thing that he he offers that that West Brom fans were were disappointed about seeing leave the Hawthorns was his threat at set pieces. Um, so if he can save goals and chip in at the other end, Hollibass, as, as we know, has now found his range, the assist king, um, as everyone knows. So if he keeps whipping him in with his left foot, and Craig Dawson arrives, I think it looks like five point five million pounds very well spent. And it is a it's a Pozzo signing. When you, we were talking earlier before we start recording about Harry Maguire, obviously not you know not putting him in the same bracket, but you're looking at Leicester holding out for what seventy, eighty, ninety million pounds for Harry Maguire, and we're paying five point five million for Craig Dawson. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it, it's it's crazy. Um, I'm I'm happy with the signing. I think it, it makes perfect sense. He seems to fit into the. It's hard to it's hard to sort of um, articulate what it what it is, but you, there is a Watford type of player, isn't there? And and I think he fits quite nicely into that. Someone who's willing to to work hard um, and basically perform week in week out, which is what you need from uh, a centre back. We're th- we're assuming, hoping, wishing uh, for a few more signings between now and the start of the season. Uh, if you go to behappy.org, uh, Matt Rousen's keeping the, the tally of any sort of rumour of any sort of player uh, that is uh, coming up, that is linked to Watford. Uh, always quite good to see how that's going. I think it's beyond 50, maybe even beyond 60 uh, by now. But for me, Dawson feels like a definite replacement, a definite replacement for Britos but maybe not quite the full-on replacement that we we desire. But I still don't know quite what that would look like and who that would be. Six foot five and Dutch, I think. <laughs> I'd, I'd take that's what it looks like. Other thing that's been going on, Geordie, is the uh, the badge. We, we talked about this after the fans forum we went to halfway through last year. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, met with some disgust. 
it was met with other people going, yeah, that, that, that's the way it is. And, and you were very articulate in talking about uh, the fact that what actually the badge means to you isn't, isn't the be all and end all. Um, it's actually the values of the club that are far more important to you. From what you've read and what they're talking about in terms of what these badge needs to be and the sort of the caveats they're putting into the, the design, is it what you expected? Is this going to be a process you think is going to be successful? Well, <laughs> it's a process. Whenever you brief stuff out, the brief can be good, but the quality is dependent on who's responding to the brief. And um, I think the club's done... I guess we see some of the stuff like the Leeds badge and, and different different clubs have gone down like, let's get some professionals in and do it uh, Watford have obviously gone down the kind of let's get um, essentially like the wisdom of crowds type thing get a lot of people to submit stuff see if there's obviously going to be a lot of rubbish that gets um, submitted no doubt if they do get submissions or maybe the criteria is too difficult but they might get some real golden ideas from around the world potentially where people this is open to anyone Um and maybe they'll get some really good ideas, and 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 it will and it will work really well. I think there there are people, and again, we were talking about our kind of legacy of uh, or origins of Watford in the eighties, and we've always had the the, um, the the moose stroke heart on 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 our on our shirts, but the generation before us has had previous other badges. I mean, the, even the the moose one was slightly different at the top in like the late seventies. You know, we've had we've had we've had different badges, you know, across across time, and it is. With the fonts changed, and and it is one of those things. But you know, they, they did talk about the fact that we're called the Hornets, and the Hornets nickname came about from when we changed the colour of the kit and and stuff like that. And and so there is a kind of a, a clash, and I guess is, is that the marginal gains thing, isn't it? Every little thing that can get you some extra fans from different parts of the world as you become a global brand is is part of it. And having a cool badge or a badge that is iconic is going to help do that. So. I guess I guess what they've, they've democratised it to a degree by letting anyone come up with ideas. Um, I guess it'll end up being professional designers because it has to be fit certain criteria that someone's not going to be able to do themselves. So it's going to it's going to kind of um, filter down. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see the different because the brief is it's quite tight in the sense. You know, if, I think if you do a design that doesn't have a hornet on it you're kind of adding a zero to your odds of, uh, of getting it from like maybe five to under 50 to one because I think it's pretty clear that that's where their thinking's at. Um, you know, if you don't have the right colours and stuff, you know, there's going to be there's, there's certain criteria that's going to have to meet. It'll be interesting to see the the votes. I'm, I am slightly concerned, obviously, we have seen in, in, in culture widely when you put things out, you can get a very close vote. Mm-hmm. And then um, the people who kind of voted... 48, 49% for one of the designs and the people who voted 51, 52 for the other one, it might be the new badge is never accepted, mm. even though it's been done in a, in a relatively democratic way. So it could be one of those things that, you know, hopefully we we get some good designs and either we get a really cool badge or we think, you know, let's stick with what we got. But what, what I don't want is us to have like this lingering thing where people say, oh, we should have gone the other one. The other one was cooler. And and it, and it just becomes an issue because it wasn't an issue for the fans. It's, it's an issue for the club as it as it expands. And what I guess what I, what I really hope we avoid is having a situation where there isn't wholesale satisfaction with whatever we go with. We need we need a Tory style Tory leadership style election. I think to uh, <laughs> to, to narrow it down. I was sort of thinking about the the whole. <laughs> <I want that. laughs> Christ Almighty! We, we end up promising us we'll get you Messi, we'll get you Ronaldo, we'll get you Neymar. We turn up and it gets Brighton, and it's like <laughs> it's us lot playing. <laughs> so, so thinking about the the, the the whole sort of concept of changing a badge, you say about it 
potentially end up with a unpopular badge and the whole decision around possibly changing a badge is could be an unpopular one anyway. Um, I started looking at you sort of looking at other clubs' badges and and they've actually changed quite a lot in the in the period where we've had our current badge and we've made a very minor change to it in the last 30 40 years other clubs do it some more frequently the others than others but and some have changed it two or three times when we haven't um but that feels like there's not many there's not those ones that are good they are tweaks they're not a completely reimagining of one because it goes from one animal to the other there's more recently like with Bristol uh, uh, Bristol City who have changed their logo quite considerably for one that was quite intricate and quite old in feel to a very modern, minimal sort of badge. And that feels quite... If that's something happened at Watford, that's, I think, where it could be quite dramatic and feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, potentially. And our, I think we talked about this last season. Our, the shape of our badge mm. is iconic. Yeah. And I, I would be sorry to, to lose that. But so you know, on the on the flip side of that, it sounds a bit odd saying oh, other other teams do it, therefore it must be okay to do it. But it it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think if it if it happens and we end up with a new badge, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I would, to play devil's advocate and and the the marketing drive behind it and the the rationale is we might pick up more fans by having a more accessible, if you like, or understandable. Badge. Well, the best way to pick up more supporters is to win football matches, to win football tournaments. That's how you get people to watch a football club. People aren't going to all of a sudden start switching on to Watford because they like the badge, it looks good on a T-shirt. It might pick up the occasional hipster or something. But if you... So, you know, Man, Man United's badge, Liverpool's badge, Arsenal's badge, from Arsenal changed their badge, but they, these badges are known around the world for one reason and one reason only. They have the best team, best players playing for them and they spend most of their time in the going deep in tournaments in the right end of, football, of, of the league. That's why they have huge pickup in, in Asia, in the Far East, in, in America. That's why... Because they're, the, they're, the, they're who they've heard of. Watford could come up with the most groundbreaking, brilliant, stunning, innovative badge that 100% of Watford fans love and it may well not attract a single new supporter. So I would say, right, let's flip it. And Jason sort of started pulling at that thread. One of the initial things that they started to talk about was making it instantly recognisable, I think, at that fans forum. And that's what got my hackles up a bit because of all the badges out there, Watford's is the most is, is instantly recognisable. The shape, the bold colours. So it's got that shape. No one else has really got that shape. It's bold. People recognise it. It's got our club colours on it. Really bold. Yellow, red and black. Vibrant primary colours. It's got the heart. And I'm surprised to hear Geordie call it a moose. I know people call it the moose and it's sort of... Um, sort of not mocking ourselves, but it's a sort of like a bit of an in-joke calling it the moose, but it's a heart. So it's the heart for dear heart. It's our club colours and it's instantly recognisable. So you stack those three things up and it's like, well, and, and Geordie also said the reason we're called the Hornets is because of the colours, not because of any history, not because of anything that happened in the town, not because of anything the players did or the, the manager. It's just the colours. We might change our colours in, in five, ten years. So what will we be then? The... The whatevers, it's unlikely we will change our, our name. But the history is in our roots. And 
that badge for me, and again, it's just like the Z cars thing. Everyone in this room talking t- today has has grown up listening, knowing that that what's come out to Z cars. Therefore, you stop it and and it jars. We all know the badges that we've all had on our on our shirts and our kids have had on their shirts has been this one. Um, so there's there's some stuff about it. I'm I'd be really disappointed to to lose. I think Jason's right. That shape. That people do recognise it, and and I would argue with anyone. Certainly, if you're into football, you you get a glimpse of that. It stands out. It stands out. You know what it is. Um, so, and then, then you're right. They're definitely they're, the brief is as clear as it could be. They want it to be a hornet, uh, but I think they also talk about the shape in in the brief as well. They're looking to to maintain that and. You know, as Jason says, there's other big clubs. You know, I mentioned Arsenal having a huge following. They've changed their badge pretty pretty recently, and that's that's for me as a as a neutral. It's happened almost seamlessly that transition. You don't think, oh, Arsenal changed that? They've mucked up their their badge. You could you see any of the incarnations, and you still recognise Arsenal. So I'm with Jason to a degree that if they do a good job of it, and and as Geordie rightly pointed out, the brief is very very tight. They're not going to go for anything anything daft there's there's only certain people who will be able to to enter um uh, applications that actually meet the criteria it's a fairly slim um cross-section of, uh, of society who are actually going to be able to to do something so it's going to be stuff worth looking at but we're i think we have a high watermark i think the badge as it stands has has an awful lot going for it instantly recognizable and it and it speaks of our history so it's going to have to be a big, big step up for me. That's we could see the the five other possibilities and go. Do you know what? They're absolutely magnificent. I'll be happy walking down High Street. And though uh, Arlo's going to love it, um, when I explain to um, you know people we meet on holiday in America or wherever we are, that's why it's like that with the Hornets. Here's the badge, and it could be. You know, he's talking about the Hornets and in, in in doing it, we looked at the the recent incarnations of the Charlotte Hornets NBA badge, and they've changed that a lot. And it's a, it's sort of like a, not a family tree, but a, 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 a path. Yeah. It's just an evolution, an ongoing evolution. Except the badge changes, and on they go. As trends and tastes change, the badge changes. So we could be at the start of that. But I think it ticks a lot of boxes at the moment. And so for me, I'll be watching with a excited, interested, but but critical eye. So these pre-season podcasts have have basically been the start of what I think we're going to talk about a lot over this season. We're going to have talked about uh, who is going to make the starting 11. We're going to talk about this badge, the implementation of VAR and the brand new rules. So this is, we're warming ourselves up, we're stretching ourselves in all these topics as they, I'm sure, to rear their heads. Ugly, maybe. Beautiful maybe uh, over the 2019-2020 Premier League season for Watford are in the Premier League for yet another season and so are we as a podcast in our 10th season and thank you so much for anybody who's listened to all the episodes uh, or even one episode in the last nine seasons and hopefully you'll get involved in the 10th season and continue to get involved in the 10th season and hopefully some of the special things we're starting to brew Thank you very much, Michael. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. And thank you, Jordy. Thank you. And of course, thank you, DCW. Don't change a badge. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yours.